Today on the Disciples Haven, we discuss another genealogy. Why is it important? Well, because it sets the foundation for the remainder of God's Word. So before we begin, as always, we ask our Father to give us wisdom and knowledge in understanding His Word. We ask that He open people's eyes and ears to His truth. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Let's begin Genesis chapter 5. Welcome back, Disciples, to another episode of the Disciples Haven. I'm your host, Jose Garcia. So, at the end of chapter 4, we learned of the genealogy of Cain, which are known as Kenites. Now, we begin this new chapter, and we learn the genealogy of another person, of Adam, or in other words, the Adamic people. Now, this chapter is mostly going to cover a lot of begats, so it'll be pretty cut and dry, uh, I'm not going to lie. But don't lose focus on the message. There's a reason why God decided to dedicate a whole chapter to the genealogy of Adam. So without further ado, chapter 5, verse 1, and it reads, This is the book of the generations of Adam, and the day that God created man, and the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Now, the word Adam here, if you remember from chapter 1, there's two different types of Adams. One is without the article, as it shows here in verse 2, Ha-Adam. In other words, mankind, the six-day creation. And now here in verse 3, we talk about the Adam, Eth Ha-Adam, that was placed in the Garden of Eden. And this is his genealogy, verse 3. And Adam lived... 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Now, right away, what stands out? Well, according to millions of biblical experts, pastors, and priests, Adam's two sons were Cain and Abel. Wrong. Where is Cain listed on here? He's not. Why is that? Because Cain is not part of that Adamic bloodline, as we learned in, chap- um, in the earlier chapters. Some may say, well, Abel isn't listed on here either. And yes, you are correct. But why is that? Oh yeah, because Cain murdered him. So naturally, any descendants that Abel would have had went away at his death. So the first son, the first Adamic son to have descendants would be Seth. And again, this goes to show more proof how we are dealing with two completely different types of people, Adamic and Kenites. And this is documented everywhere else in the Bible when you read these begats, you will never find Cain as part of Adam's genealogy anywhere else in the Bible. When you look at um, the books of Matthew and it talks about Jesus Christ's genealogy, not once will you see the word, uh, the name Cain on there. Verse 4, And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And here we see that he had more children, boys and girls, from his bloodline. 
It's just that the main bloodline always goes to the eldest. Think of it as a hierarchy, in a way. The throne will always be given to the eldest, and in this case, it's literally the bloodline of our hierarchy that will bring forth the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 5, And all the days of Adam, all the days that Adam lived, were 930 years, and he died. Now remember what God told Adam for partaking with the devil back in chapter 2, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So pop quiz time. How long is a day with the Lord? A thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Adam almost made it. But as God said, the day you eat of it, in other words, the day you join him, you will surely die. And sure enough, God kept his word, as he always does. Let this be one of many times in God's word that when God gives a warning, you need to heed it, or else it will come to pass exactly as God said it would. Verse 6, And Seth lived a hundred and five years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Now these names, Seth, Enos, they all mean different things in the Hebrew. For example, Seth means compensation. Most likely because as Abel was murdered, in a way Seth was compensation from the Lord to Adam for his loss. But primarily, because that seed line had to happen for our Savior to be born. I don't think I'll translate all the names for you, but those of you with Strong's Concordance or our Google Savvy, you can just look up the name and it will tell you what the name means. And believe me, there, there's, a, there's a lesson to be learned in the meaning behind certain names here. Verse 9, And Enos lived ninety years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan eight hundred and fifteen years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. We begin to see that this family is growing, pretty big actually. I mean, some of these people living 120, 900 years, so these descendants are growing in large numbers. These Adamic people are beginning to spread. But God's word is only focusing on the firstborn here. So let's move on with verse 12. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalail, that's a hard name to say. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. And Mahalalel lived 60 and 5 years and begat Jared. Now I know I said I wouldn't cover the meanings of the names, but I feel I do have to cover this one name here. Jared means descent. So I have to ask... Was Jared's name a coincidence? The fact that the last chapter ended with people profaning the name of God and Jared meaning descent as in people were falling away from the Lord. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 16. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he died. And Jared lived 160 and two years and he begat Enoch. Now here we come to a very special person, Enoch. Not the same Enoch as in Cain's lineage, but this Enoch was a disciplined man in the word of God. 
As we learn from the book of Jude, it talks about Enoch being a prophet. Now, why did God need a prophet during this time? Well, think about it for a minute. Prior to all these people, God didn't need a prophet because as it's written, God walked with Adam and Eve, talked with them one-on-one, but they disobeyed God. And, man got, and mankind began to profane the name of God. So now, what are people lacking? Discipline. You know, this, this word discipline, not many people like it. Why? Because it's hard. It's not the easy way out. But once you obtain discipline and use it, it makes things so much easier. It makes life so much better you'll come to see that the Word of God requires discipline to be in the ranks of God's army. No one gets an easy pass. Not even God's only begotten Son. So, what was Enoch prophesying about? Well, at this time, the people had turned their backs on God so much that they began committing abominable acts in the sight of the Lord. And as God is always love and loves all His children equally, he sends someone to warn them to turn them away from their sinful ways. Question is, will they listen? Let's keep reading. Verse 19. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. God took him. Well, Enoch never died. God took him to heaven. One of only a few to have had this happen to written in the Word of God. He must have been one disciplined man in the Word of God. Now, remember what I said in the last episode why are the names important? Why did God make it a point to understand both of these genealogies? Well, go back and read Cain's genealogy. Notice something along his genealogy and that of Adam's? The names are eerily identical, but not fully identical. For example, in Cain's genealogy, you have a Methusael, with that last part El, E-L, being the title of God. While here in Adam's genealogy, you have a Methuselah, with that last part, Yah, which is the sacred name of God. Cain's lineage has an Enoch, while Adam's lineage has an Enoch. So what is going on here? Well, we have a few things going on that you really need to pay attention to. We have two separate genealogies, but why are their names eerily similar? Because the devil will always be the king of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Remember that. The devil is. Why would the devil want to confuse people this way? Any way that Satan can confuse God's children is a win for him, because Satan knows that through this gene, Adam's genes, Christ would be born. So why not have the name sound similar to God's people so they can think that they are part of that same family when they aren't? How is this important to me in this day and age, you may ask? Well, the point is to figure out what God are you worshiping? The one true God from Adam's genealogy? Or the Antichrist, which is to say Satan, when he comes later? Verse 25. And Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. Oh, Cain also had a Lamech. 
You see how the master of confusion is trying to work his way into the minds of God's children? Be smarter than the serpent. Verse 26. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 9 years, and he died. Methuselah will be the oldest man to have ever lived on this earth. But notice, didn't quite make it to that one full day, meaning a thousand years. Verse 28. And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah saying, This name shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Lamech expected work to get done through Noah. He expected him to rise above the ranks. And as we know in this day and age, Noah would not disappoint. His great-grandfather Enoch bringing forth discipline and passing it down and then Lamech, who is translated powerful, to the one that is comforter, which is Noah here is literally some characteristics of our Messiah that would come from this same bloodline, disciplined, powerful, and our comforter. But pay attention to which genealogy you follow because one can easily get confused if you don't pay attention to the bloodline. Verse 30, And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. One thing to point out regarding Noah's sons, Shem was not the firstborn. Japheth was the firstborn, and then Ham, and then Shem. But we'll find out why Shem was chosen even though he was the youngest. Because remember, the firstborn is usually the one that the lineage is passed on to. But something happens with these brothers that we'll find out later. You see, by this time, not only has this entire bloodline grown extremely large across the land, so have the rest of mankind. And in this time, it has gotten so bad that people were just not caring. They didn't have any morality and didn't care to hear the word of God. Sounds a lot like our times, doesn't it? Just one difference. The fallen angels were here intermixing with the bloodline of Adam back then during Noah's time. Something that will happen in our near future as well, which we will read about in the next chapter or so. How bad was it during Noah's time? I mean, how old was he until he had children? 500 years old. He couldn't find a mate that was pure and hadn't participated in fornication with the fallen angels and given birth to hybrids, which will come to known, will, will come to know as giants. One of the big reasons why it's important to cover these six chapters of Genesis is because without knowing and having a good foundation in what happened before will make you understand about what is to come, which I don't doubt could happen in our lifetime. For it is written, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of Christ be. In other words, how were the days of Noah, as in these days we just talked about? Well, you're going to have to tune in to hear chapter 6. This concludes our study in chapter 5 in the book of Genesis. Like I said, it's pretty cut and dry, not like other episodes, but if God deemed it important to know the genealogy of Adam, then we must learn the genealogy of Adam. When we left this chapter, we see that the world in that time was falling apart. Immorality was running rampant. God was a name to profane, not someone to worship. 
God had been removed from the fiber of people's families, how this is so eerily relatable in our world today, isn't it? Sure, our technology has improved, much of it for the worst, but we find ourselves in a pre-like Noah time frame. People burning down businesses because the Supreme Court ruled that babies can no longer be murdered. We see preachers and pastors and priests inviting sinful and abomination behavior into their church and making excuses for it. We see our streets, people parading around in the nude, men in drag flashing their genitals at children and their parents laughing and encouraging that behavior. So I leave you with this one thought, fellow disciples. How much longer until God lets the flood come down on us? But it won't be a flood of water as what Noah experienced. No, it's going to be a flood of lies from Satan himself here as the Antichrist. Are you taking the time to build your ark to be safe? We'll talk more about that in the next chapter or so, but I leave you with this. With all this sinful behavior you see on your TV, outside your homes, you stick to God's word. He isn't mad at you. He's mad at them. Stick to his word and you'll always be protected from his wrath that is to come. Until next time, disciples, go in peace.